Thank you for tuning into Weathering the Storm podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. That's scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our goal is to help us weather the storms of life by looking to and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. Here is your host, Drew Suttles. Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in Almighty God. I'm Drew Suttles. I'm your host of this podcast, and I'm so thankful uh, that you have tuned in today. Looking forward to an, another episode in, in Season 2 of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network, and that is Weathering the Storm with Hope. Uh, I'm very thankful for the opportunity uh, to be on the Scattered Abroad Network, and one of the great joys is, is being able to interact with other brethren who are gospel preachers. And, of course, we all have time. I'm going to turn it over to him and let him introduce himself. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me on. And before I kind of get started talking about me, I just wanted to to say that I really appreciate what you do with this podcast. Like, it's it's one that I enjoy listening to and I get a lot out of. So I really appreciate the work that you put in. Thank um, you. As far as, as far as I go, I'm the, the associate slash youth minister at the Mabel Leo Congregation in Little Rock, Arkansas. So I've been doing that for about eight months now, and, and I just love it. Working with, working with young people every day is, is just really a blessing. And um, I also, like you said, graduated from MSOP last year, 2020, and am now getting my bachelor's degree, trying to, <laughs> from Amherst <laughs> University Good. online. So I hopefully we'll be done with that by, by December. So I think I'm technically in my, my senior year. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be getting there pretty soon unless they kick me out or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I host the, the Bible Storming podcast on the Scattered Abroad Network. And, and basically it's just trying to brainstorm through the Bible. So Bible Storming and try to think through like the deep side of, of spirituality and theology and Christianity and just try to, to reason through why we believe what we believe and with the purpose of hopefully being able to tell others why we believe what we believe mm -hmm. in a way that glorifies God. So that's kind of the goal there. Um, I guess for stuff that I like to do, I like doing pretty much anything outside. So yeah. sports, um, hiking, rock climbing, just pretty much anything outside. I like woodworking, stuff like that. So kind of just kind of either studying or outside is, is my, my, my two my two modes, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Well, ain't nothing wrong with that. And that, that's kind of how I am too. Uh, if I'm not studying the Bible, I'd be outside doing something. Amen to that, man. <laughs> but as, as Daniel mentioned, he does have the Bible storming podcast, which is a really, really cool idea. Uh, and it shows the value of asking questions. And instead of just blindly accepting something, we need to challenge it. We need to ask, be like the Bereans, search the scriptures daily to see whether or not those things are so. And that podcast helps you to do that and to think about some, some deep questions and to search the Bible on your own. So appreciate the Bible Storming podcast and what's going on with that. Uh, also, to our listeners, you may not know this, but Daniel Webster's father is Alan Webster. Uh, and Brother Alan is, is somebody that I have a deep, deep respect for. Uh, Alan, he, he came and spoke when I was at school on time management. And huh. some of the things that he taught, man, I use them every day. Uh, just it was really, really helpful for me. Appreciate you and your family and all that's being done in the kingdom. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. 
So today, as I mentioned, our topic is how we can weather the storm with hope. And that is the goal of this season, is to look at different things that will help us uh, to navigate, to weather these difficult storms. And I, I believe that hope is something that is definitely important uh, for the Christian. If we're going to get through this life, we've got to have something to look forward to. And that's the idea behind hope. Uh, but as we begin, I want to define our terms. That's how I always want to begin these episodes and so, Daniel, I want to kind of turn things over to you and ask you, it's kind of a loaded question, kind of a two-part question, but as we define the word hope, let's begin by looking at how the world defines hope, and then let's ask the question, how does the Bible define hope, and see if we notice anything different. Yeah, so I, I really like, <coughs> sorry, I like this question, because it's very important that we get, like you were talking about, that we understand what we're talking about. Because if we're talking about different things, but using the same word, it just gets confusing. So yeah. I really like mm-hmm. this question. Um, but I think it, I think it's more than how the world uh, defines hope versus what the Bible defines it as. I think even more than that, it's it may be more common usage versus biblical usage. Because like when we talk about the world and we when we talk about the world in like in, in the biblical sense we usually mean it as like non-Christians, people who, who aren't saved. But really, Christians also use the word hope in a, in a non-biblical way just about every day. Mm-hmm. And that, that doesn't mean that it's wrong to use it in that way, but it's important that we understand what we're talking about when we talk about spiritual hope, right? That when we talk about biblical hope, when it comes to spiritual things, the most ultimate reality that there is. So in common usage, we'll say like, well, I hope my team wins or something like that. Mm-hmm. So in, in that sense, it's like, it's a wish. It's, it's a desire. It's like a, a 50, 50 shot, unless yeah. you're like an Alabama Crimson Tide fan, then it's like a, an 80, 20 shot that we're going to a hundred, so, yeah. you know, roll tide. <laughs> Just had to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so that's like common usage, right? That's, that's kind of how we use hope on like a daily basis. But biblical hope is something different. It, it's something really deeper. So Hebrews 6, 19 and 20, I think is a really good, uh, place to start in defining mm-hmm. biblical hope. Paul or whoever wrote Hebrews says that we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. So he says that we have a sure and steadfast anchor. Now that doesn't sound like a wish or a desire or a 50, 50 shot, right? Right. So biblical hope is something deeper than the hope that we use in like common usage, like Colossians one verse five, it's laid up for us in heaven. So like nothing can touch that because that's where Jesus is. That's where God is. Mm-hmm. Nothing can touch that hope. It, it's a humble, confident, faith-filled expectation that God will fulfill his promises. I think that's really the biblical definition of hope. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And I love that text. And that's one of my favorites uh, to couple with Titus one, one and two, which we'll look at a little bit later. But oh yeah, you know, the fact that, that God cannot lie. You know, we as human beings, it's hard to grasp that concept because lying just goes on all the time in the world. Uh, but then you you consider that when God says something, He means it, He makes a promise. And so you think about hope, and, and maybe you heard this illustration or this formula at Memphis like I did, biblical hope is desire plus expectation. You said almost like wishful thinking, but then the Bible saying desire plus expectation. Keep that in the context of weathering the storm. When you're going through a difficult time, I desire and expect to get through this because God has promised me that I can do it if I'll stay close to him and, and, and really meet the conditions he set forth in his word. 
Absolutely. I think kind of what you're kind of hinting at in the way that I also like to think about it is like hope is positive expectation. Yeah. So when you contrast that with fear, which we could define as negative expectation, you find what we shouldn't have fear and then what we should have biblically speaking. Right. So mm-hmm. positive expectation is, is kind of what hope is desire plus expectation. Right. I like that. I like that too. Positive expectation. That's a good way to do it for our listeners. Maybe that's something that will help you as you study the Bible. Every time you see that word hope, maybe write it down in the, in the margin. You know, this is positive expectation, something that, that can carry us through difficult times. Well, in the next place, I want us to think about a, a text, an interesting text, really, in Romans chapter 8. And Romans 8 is one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible. I recently just Amen preached a sermon from it. It's just, you know, the way it concludes, even the way it begins, obviously, uh, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But then, of course, you have, you know, if God is for us, who can be against us? Just a powerful chapter. And in verse 24, Paul says that we are saved by hope. You know, in the religious world, you hear you're saved by faith alone and grace alone and Christ alone. There's a lot of alones attached to it. Now, this is a good text to kind of refute that idea. If you're if you're saved by something alone, then it can't be anything else. So if I'm if I'm saved by faith alone, Nothing else contributes. Well, that's a false idea. Here we see we're saved by hope. Saved by hope. Baptism does now save us. First Peter 3.21, you can go on, and there's so many different things you find in the New Testament that brings about salvation. Not one of these things alone. But hope is something that contributes to our salvation. So the question is, what exactly does this mean? We are saved by hope in the context of Romans 8.24. Right. So I think you're getting that from the King James Version, that, that we're saved by hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I looked at like several different translations because you, you you had given me like the show sheet that said that we're going to talk about, you know, this this being saved by hope from Romans 8.24. And it's a tough text, right? It, it's, mm-hmm. it's a challenging one to understand. But I think every other translation besides the King James, like things like New King James, uh, NASB, ESV, all those kinds, um, they all translate it as saved in hope right and i think that's that's a better translation given the greek and the dative case mm-hmm. that in which it's found also the context yeah so it seems like there's a there's a twofold kind of idea here and in, in saying that we're saved by hope one is that we don't we don't receive everything that has to do with our salvation at the time of our salvation right like when mm-hmm. we're baptized we don't receive everything we receive a lot but the, salvation is like a continual process in that we slowly become more and more sanctified. And also, obviously, while we're here on earth, we have eternal life in promise and prospect, but not yet really within our grasp in at least some sense because we're you know living this physical life. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's one sense and that we're saved in hope is that in our salvation, we have this hope that, of things that we're waiting for. Right. Now, along with that, you have like the second sense where – it helps us to get through. I'm not sure if there's a better way to put it than that, where it's, it's when we talk about salvation being like a journey, the hope that we have helps us to hold on and, and the podcast, right. Weathering the storm. That's Mm -hmm. incredibly relevant to this where when we have this hope, it allows us to hold on no matter what we endure. And that's, that's kind of what Paul seems to be talking about in the context that, that we're groaning, that we're, we're wanting this redemption from this physical body. And, and that hope allows us to, to hold on to our salvation and eventually ob- obtain everything that has to do with it in the most ultimate eternal sense. Absolutely. And I appreciate 
bringing out the value of looking at uh, the translations. And that's exactly why I put that there. Uh, saved by hope, saved in hope. You, you think about this in the, in the context, and that's what's always so important. Of course, you know, in Memphis, three most important words in Bible study, context, context, context. Uh, that was <laughs> right. ingrained, but I appreciate that because it is so important. Uh, we, we, we don't need to pull anything out. We need to understand who's writing, who's writing to. And, and of course, here in Romans 8, you think about the overall context, kind of backing up to verse 18, when Paul says, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And he goes on, he says, for the earnest expectation, there's our word, of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. And there's our word. You're looking for something, uh, and I, I like the way you mentioned that. You receive all spiritual blessings when you're in Christ, Ephesians 1.3. But obviously we haven't received uh, you know, the, the, the fact that we're going to be in heaven one day. We haven't received that yet. I uh, Think about uh, Hebrews 11 with Abraham, looking for a city. You know, they're looking for something, not don't have it yet. But in prospect, of course, he had, you know, he had it. Uh, I mentioned earlier that Titus 1, 1 and 2, I think, goes well with that Hebrews 6, 18 and 19. You know, God, it's impossible for him to lie. In Titus 1 and 1 and, 1 and 2, God who cannot lie has promised us to turn alive. So there's your hope right there. It's desire. Absolutely. I mean, that the verse begins, and hope of eternal life. Exactly. Which God who cannot lie promised. Yeah. That's it. It, it. There's the hope. What is that hope? It's eternal life. Why? Because God's the one that promised it. So kind of piecing that together, positive, I'm going to use your, your terminology because I like that, positive <laughs> expectation for all of God's promises made to his faithful children to come true. I would say that that kind of summarizes what it means to be saved in hope or saved by hope from Romans 8, 24. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So now that we've kind of gone into this from a topical standpoint, but also, you know, textual looking at this for an example in Romans 8, we kind of want to bring this home, make some application to our listeners that, that will hopefully help them uh, if they're going through a difficult time. The first thing is, why? Why must we need hope to weather the storms of life? Man. If you've lived any amount of time, you, yeah. you have at least some idea towards right. this question, right? Mm -hmm. So as as we think about this question, let me let me at least start answering it by telling a story about one day when Eugene Lang, who was a self-made millionaire, he died two or three years ago. He changed the lives of a sixth grade class class in East Harlem. So Mr. Lang had been asked to speak to a class of 59 sixth graders. But he faced a dilemma, right? He's talking to sixth graders. So, so what could he say that would inspire these students, most of whom, statistically speaking, would drop out of school before they graduated high school? So he wondered how he could get these children from tough neighborhoods to, to even look at him. Now, scrapping his notes, right? He gets up there, he has notes, he just gets rid of them. And he says that he's going to speak from his heart. So he says, stay in school, and I'll help pay the college tuition for every one of you. Now, the lives of those students changed at that moment because for the very first time, they had hope. One of the students who was, who was present in that speech said, I had something to look forward to, something waiting for me. It was a golden feeling. Now, nearly 90% of those sixth graders went on to graduate from high school, which is exponentially higher, uh, an exp exponentially higher percentage than most classes from that school because they had hope. 
Like when we have hope, we have the ability not to focus on our problems, but to focus on God's promises, right? We have that right. positive expectation that something is coming that's better than what we're going through right now. And when we're, when we're in a storm in life, which it seems like so much of life really is yeah. consumed by storms, we have that eye of a storm really wherever we are in the storm because we have that positive expectation that what's coming is better than what's here right now. Absolutely. And that's that's a great illustration to use. And it's amazing what happens when you have hope. Uh, you know, even if it's just an ounce of it, that's enough to, to keep you going. Uh, on that note, I, I think about, I preached a sermon last Halloween on the scariest verses in the Bible and looking at some, some verses that make you just kind of, you know, wow. Uh, one was yeah. in Matthew 25 when it talks about the door being shut. I thought that one was always a, you know, one that jumps out to me, but man, here, that one will that one will make you st- keep keep you up at night. Yeah, it will. Uh, but here's one I think that that kind of describes it. And that's in Ephesians chapter two, when it talks about uh, basically where they were prior to getting into Christ. It talks about the fact that they were without God in the present world, and it says they were having no hope. You know, I, I think that's probably the two scariest words anybody can hear. Uh, from a physical standpoint, you consider a doctor coming in and saying, there's no hope. No hope of, of saving this individual. They're, you know, they're past that point. But spiritually speaking, e- even scarier for there to be no yeah. hope. The good news I mean, is there is hope. It, <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, when you think about it, like when you think through Ephesians 2, back in verse 1, it, Paul says that he made them alive who were dead. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it goes right along with what you're saying. Like, he didn't say they were sick or struggling. Like, they, they were just spiritually dead. They, they had no hope. Right. But then, like you were saying, Christ Jesus came and, and changed all that. Sure did. And thanks be to God for that. So, mm, amen. So, based on, you know, what we're saying, we need hope to weather these storms of life because it helps us to have that positive expectation. I like that you mentioned Regardless of the storm, we're always in the eye of the storm. You know, Jesus is with us. You know, he's the master of the sea. We need to remember that he's still able to calm and quiet those storms. He's still able to say, peace be still, and it can take place, you know, as we as we go through difficult times. And so to our listeners, you may be going through a very difficult trial right now, but take heart because you can weather this because of the hope that God gives us, the hope that we read about in his word, and the hope that is that is real you know, that we can have with us every step of the way in this life. So on that on that note, I'd like to close this episode uh, by addressing two audiences, those who are not Christians, who are trying to weather the storm, and then the second, uh, to those who are Christians who are going through a difficult time. So I want to turn things over to you and ask you, what hope can we give our listeners who are not Christians who are going through difficult times right now? So... I'm going to answer this and I want you to know, like if, if you are a non-Christian or, or a Christian listening to this, but especially a non-Christian, I want you to know that this, this comes from a place of, of love. And I'm going to say some things in a minute that I think are, are pretty hard to hear, but I'm saying them because I truly believe them to be true. I think there are, there are great reasons for them to be true. I think the evidence points to this, this conclusion. And so I want you to know that I'm saying it because I truly believe that it's true. And 
then I don't want it for you. Mm-hmm. So a while ago, I was I was listening to a sermon from VP Black, who I'm sure you've heard of, Drew. He's yes. you know one of the great preachers of the of the last century. Mm-hmm. And in this sermon, he said that he had a preacher friend who who told him that he had preached for years, you know, preached sermons about hope and other sermons related to that, but he had never understood what the word hope meant until something happened in his life. He told Brother Black that his his little daughter was five years old, and he said they bought a pony for this little girl. And they came home from worship one Sunday, and this little girl jumped out of the car, and she ran down to the barn where the pony was. She was going to have a good time, but for some unknown reason, this pony pawed her almost to death. And if you're, if you're a parent, you can imagine, you know, what, what kind of emotions must've been going through this, this preacher's mind. So he, he, you know, grabbed her, takes her to the hospital and in the days and weeks that followed, he would ask in the mornings, doctor, is there hope? And, and for the first few days, at least the, the doctor would say, yes, as, as long as there's life, we believe that there's hope. And he said, I feel like I was walking on cloud nine. The, the doctor says there's some hope. We, we feel some hope. But then one morning he sat up again as the doctor came in and, and he asked, doctor, is there any hope? And, and the doctor said, no, there's no hope now. And that preacher said that in that moment, it seemed like the whole world crumble fell at his feet. He said, for the first time in my life, I realized what an awful thing it would be to stand at the judgment and hear the Lord say, there is no hope. Mm. Now, I don't tell that story to play on your emotions, to, to try, try to get you to, to change your mind intellectually on different things or whatever. I tell that to hopefully say in a loving way, that, that if you truly believe, if you reason through the evidence and truly believe that Christianity is not true, that the Bible is not from God, etc., that you have really good reasons for doing that. Because like Ephesians 2 says, without God, we have no hope. Ephesians 2 and verse, verse 12, which we referenced earlier, mm-hmm. quite simply, Without God, if nothing changes, we have no hope. There, there simply is no hope to give, at least of a spiritual, eternal nature, which as a Christian, I believe is the most ultimate reality, the spiritual reality. So if you are a non-Christian listening to this, I would say that, man, I, I hope and pray, hope, I guess, um, that you will study the evidence for Christianity, for true biblical Christianity. And I think you'll find that it leads to the conclusion that Christianity is true, that God is real, that Jesus came to earth and died for you, for me, and that he rose again. It's, if you don't come from a, a traditional Christian background, it's, it can sound crazy that all these, all these miracles, all of these, these supernatural events happened. But I think the evidence points toward them actually happening. And, mm-hmm. and so if you're not a Christian, I would, I would beg you to please survey that evidence, see where it leads. And I can promise you that if you follow it and, and conclude that it's true, you will find hope. Amen. Well said. And I think that's key uh, to a non-Christian is, you know, as long as, as long as the Lord allows you to live, as long as you've got a pulse, you've got hope, you know, but if you're outside of Christ and you die in that condition, there is no hope. And the Bible's very clear about that. 
And when Jesus comes back, those who do not know God and those who haven't obeyed the gospel, they're going to be separated forever. That's 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9. And we understand the importance then of being in Christ. If you die in a lost condition, there is no hope. And we all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we'll have to give an account uh, for what we've done in this body. 2 Corinthians 5.10 So understanding that if you're not a Christian, uh, Daniel and I both say this with love in our hearts, we don't want you to die in that situation. If that's where you are, that's okay, but don't stay there. Make sure you get into Christ before it's too late. Uh, make sure you examine that evidence. Search the scriptures. See what God would have you to do because he's revealed it. If it's going to you know, deal with uh, godliness, anything that has to do with eternal life, you're going to find it in the Word of God. Second Peter 1, 3, he's given it to us. So there is hope for you as a non-Christian. But if you stay outside of Christ, there won't be. So make sure you get into Christ because, you know, even as a Christian, it doesn't mean you're going to be immune from difficult times. In fact, the Bible says those who live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. It's going to happen. But the difference is, as you mentioned earlier, Daniel, with Christ in your side or, and when you're in him, now when you face those storms, you face it totally different. You're able to face difficult times with a completely different perspective. You know, even death, you serve the one who conquered it. You have the hope of living forever. And so with Jesus on your side, with Jesus in your corner, you can certainly weather those storms or regardless of what it may be. So I think hopefully for our listeners, that's something that will inspire hope in everyone who hears that. But Daniel, as we close out this episode, what advice or what, uh, what hope can you give to a Christian who is struggling right now, who's weathering a difficult storm? So kind of going off of what you were just talking about, I, I love that. And I think it, it dovetails beautifully into this, that when we have Jesus, when, when Jesus is our life, right? Colossians 3, 3 and 4, it doesn't take away our problems, but it transforms our perspective. So it changes everything about how we deal with and how we approach and how we look at our problems. Right. So if, if you're a Christian who needs hope because, and, and I, you know, we all do. So um, yeah. please read Romans eight. That's right. Read first Peter and, and read the old Testament. 15, four tells us that the old Testament, the things that were written before were written for our learning mm -hmm. that we through encouragement and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So that, exactly. that's one of the main reasons why we have the Old Testament is so we can look at those great examples of perseverance and faith and say, hey, I can do that too, right? That's right. And please read Job. Like Ooh. it's a long book, but man, that is a dissertation on hope. One of the greatest papers on hope that has ever been written is the book of Job. It, right. it will transform how you look at life, how you look at suffering, because that man went through suffering that most of us can't even dream of going through. And I think it's Job 15 verse 13, Job 13 verse 15, one of those. He said, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. That's right. That man had faith that most of us can never dream of. And because of that, he had hope even in the midst of problems that most of us can never dream of. Absolutely. And to piggyback on that with Job, uh, I remember South Haven, and I believe Brother Wade was the one who was director that year. Uh, entitled it, Job, a man who lost everything but his faith. And this was a man who, yeah. like you said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him, yet will I have hope in him. And another text in Job, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And so I would say to a Christian who's who's struggling, be reminded that your Redeemer lives. 
You mentioned, you know, reading First Peter and reading Romans 8. I would add to that, read the book of First John. Those five chapters is yeah. all about assurance. Now, these things have I written to you that your joy may be full. And in chapter 5, verse 13, one of my favorite passages, he says, I've written these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. That would be, I guess, my advice to a Christian who's struggling. Go to God in prayer. That's where you can find the peace that passes understanding, Philippians 4, 6, and following. But just be reminded that regardless of what you go through in this life, regardless of how horrible that may be, heaven will surely be worth it all. So keep going, keep weathering that storm, and do so with hope. Daniel, I appreciate you being on here today. Can I hop in here real quick? Yes, sir. Come on. You just, you're talking about how our Redeemer lives, and it, it brought to mind a story uh, another story, I guess, that I heard about Martin Luther. Yeah. Um, so he was obviously, you know, disclaimer, we would disagree with a whole lot of theological things that right. Martin Luther taught, believed, etc. But during during some of the most difficult days of his life, he was hiding at Wartburg Castle and, and the Catholic Church and its authorities were, were trying to, to imprison him. And and he was denying the Pope's authority and, and most of what it stood for. So he was going against the grain. And because of everything that had been going on, Mr. Luther fell into a deep depression. Now, normally, he he had faced all the problems that came at him, all the, all the, the foes that he faced with courage and, and resolve in what he believed to be the truth. And he was never afraid of the consequences that doing that might bring on him. But at this point, he, he had been in hiding. He had exiled himself for months. And it wasn't like he wasn't doing anything. He was spending his time translating the Bible into the language of the German people, but he was still afraid that things weren't going to end well. So Catherine and that his, his wife, whom he loved very dearly, she was trying to cheer him up, but nothing was working. So one morning when he came down to breakfast, she said, just, just nonchalantly, like, like it was no big deal. God must have died. Now, Martin Luther was shocked at this. He, he shouted back, what are you talking about? But right after he said that, he realized what Catherine was doing. She was trying to jolt him back into reality. His faith in God had always carried him forward in, in the great, the history-changing battles that he had fought. But it was wavering. But God had not died. And today, God still has not died. And he's still with us every step of the way. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, he says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? So no matter what we go through, we always have that assurance. God has not died. My Redeemer lives. And one day I'm going to live with him forever. Amen. So hold on to that, I would say, if you're going through those tough times. Absolutely. That's right. Hold on to it. And as we opened up this episode, uh, go back to the anchor. Hold on to that anchor for the soul. Hold on to the hope that that we have as Christians. Uh, So, Daniel, I appreciate everything you said today. I appreciate you being on here with me. And I hope that our listeners have been encouraged. And I hope that this episode in some way will help you to weather the storm. Thank you so much, and may God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. 
We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.